Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Red Carpet to Trailer Trash. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always is the Poe Dameron to my fin, Mr. Connor Rock. Boo! <laughs> oh, I was going to say something snarky and you totally derailed me. Fuck that. What was, what was the snarky thing you were going to say? I don't even remember. I think it's that you're getting faster when you do the welcomes. I don't know if that's intentional. I, I want to keep keep the listener guessing. <laughs> oh man, when's the third welcome going to come? How fast it's yeah. going to be. I'm just so excited to get into today's episode, Connor. We've got All right, we've well got, then, let's uh, cut this bullshit. Tell us about this we've episode. We've got a we've got a great episode today where we're going to have a big focus on the wars of the star amongst the stars. Uh we're going to be looking ahead to the rise of to it's the rise of Skywalker, correct? Yeah. Episode yep. 9 yes. in the uh in the main Star Wars storyline. It's the Skywalker saga, I th- I think is what it's being called. A trilogy of trilogies. Yes, and uh, we'll probably also be rehashing some discussions about previous iterations in the series, um, and just Star Wars as a whole. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm gonna do the uh, the obligatory review of a movie from uh, a previous episode that we looked ahead to, and I'll give a a quick review of Richard Jewell. That I'll dive into pretty quickly, unless uh, Connor wants to add anything to the setup for today. Nope, you got four minutes to get through Richard Jewell. I am clocking you. Let's hear it. Okay, Richard Jewell is the story of the hero security guard at uh, Centennial Park at the 1996 Atlanta bombing at the Olympics. He is basically, uh, if you haven't heard the story... He is a very, like, weird guy, very, like, pro-military, pro-police, uh, like, has, uh, your stereotypical wants to be a big, uh, po- uh, a big important police officer so he can help people, and he is, his name is dragged through the mud by the national media, the local media, and the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, because he fits the lone bomber uh, fake hero profile, in spite of the fact that a very simple piece of evidence about his uh, location at the time of the 911 call uh, does not uh, indicates his uh, innocence. Uh, he is kept and investigated for 90 days. Uh, at which time, uh, at which time he is uh, discussed in the media as being a fake hero. Headlines such as "Saint" or "Savage" are brought up about him. He is accused of being a psychopath just three days after having been put on Good Morning America, uh, where they actually they obviously didn't use his real voice. But they actually used actual footage from his Good Morning America interview. Uh, and they just had it, they taped over Richard Jewell's voice, uh, segments with the actor herein. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and all I could think uh, the entire time 
was I do not understand why Richard Jewell is so trusting of these police, of these FBI uh, agents when they are very clearly trying to fuck him over. And it was just steady. The entire movie, until the, until the very end, he was just completely, like, helpful and solicitory, like, trying to help them. Because he had the very the firm idea of well I have nothing to hide I'm and if I just give them more information then that means that they'll uh, they'll figure out it wasn't me and we'll be able to move forward with that and uh, that's that's not how that works uh, for anyone that's wondering <laughs> uh, he the story it's actually very much a focus on the acting in this. Because there's not, it's just a slow progression through the investigation, but from the side of the investigated, the suspect. So you don't, you don't see a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. You just see mostly like what the, what the key aspects. What he's experiencing. Yeah. Or like what he would have experienced during. Yeah. And, um, the... You also get to see the reporter that broke the story that they the FBI was looking into Richard Jewell and started the media circus, uh, who's pl- and her name is Kathy Scruggs, I believe. I'm not sure if that's her real name, uh, or if it's like a fictionalized version of the reporter who actually did it. Uh, she is Olivia Wilde plays her, and I think that she is probably the best thing about this movie. Does an excellent job. Very engaging, steals every scene that she's in. Uh, very charismatic. Uh, I'm not sure. A lot of people have taken uh, a gripe with how the character is written uh, because it's implied that she sleeps with a source to get information, uh, which people are sort of impugning about the way it's writing. Uh, I'm. It is a dramatization of the of the thing, and I don't think that they're... I think it's sort of, like, up in the air. No one really knows how she got the information. So a lot of people sort of assumed that she had slept with a source at the FBI. And so they just sort of went with that without having any actual evidence of it. But then again, the entire story is about how she and the FBI ran with the story that Richard Jewell tried to bomb the Olympics without any evidence. So... I'm not especially concerned about that. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a big deal that they fictionalized or maybe didn't fictionalize that aspect. Yeah, it... I think it, I think it's fine. People can get over that. Yeah, the acting overall is very good. Um, Sam Rockwell was really good. Uh, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. He's Sam Rockwell. But I, I think that he had a better performance in Jojo Rabbit earlier in the year. Uh, I wouldn't expect the, this. I suppose it could get a nomination for Best Supporting, but I wouldn't expect it because it seems like that's going to be a, a crowded field this year. Uh, I do I do see this as being uh, like Kathy, like Kathy Bates might, uh, is, did a great job, but I just don't think that she had enough of a focus to get much. Everyone was did a very good job, but the only person that really stood out as doing a great job was uh, Olivia Wilde. And a, a lot of this, the story in and of itself is just compelling, because you know early on that, like, because of the perspective it provides, you know that he didn't do it, and so you're just sort of seeing 
from his perspective how it can be sort of turned against you and a willingness to cooperate can really try and fuck can basically get you screwed over and it really just sort of spoke to my libertarian soul uh <laughs> it it and that's honestly like it's this is one of those things where people are going to like try and take some political messages about it because apparently we can't uh just call out abuses of authority uh because it might give some people the impression that their political party is doing something right or wrong or something or other we can't just tell a story about someone getting fucked over by the by the powerful anymore and if it might give the wrong message uh is how some right. some journalists have come out uh about this film and i'm i'm a little i'm more than a little opposed to that thinking that that line of thinking is sort of uh strange i think an important thing to take away from this is the idea that uh the, the message is very clear that the authorities if they have you in their sights uh will not will stop at nothing to try and convince uh get the world turned against you until you sort of crack and i think it's a very an interesting sort of uh warning story about the uh, powers at being and the damage that they can cause strangely enough i i was expecting more of a focus on the uh like w- how richard Jewell actually ended up suing cnn and the atlanta journal and all of these different news sources for uh defamation uh and winning actually uh but there was literally i think they mentioned cnn twice in the entire film and the only reason you saw anything about the Atlanta Journal was because it was that was where Kathy Scruggs uh, worked, and she was the one that broke the story. But uh, it was really mostly about the FBI investigation, and the media aspect was more of a tangential story about. It. Did you have any questions about it? Uh, no, not really. Um, just how overall, how was it? It was good. Uh, some people have been saying like it's one of the top ten movies of the year, and I mean it might be. Uh, it didn't really stand out as that great to me. I mean it was good, not spectacular. Yeah. I mean Clint Eastwood. That's usually what Clint Eastwood's good for is to have like a very solid, above average, entertaining movie. I'm not sure. If, no. I'm not sure if he's had anything that was like as compelling since I think Gran Turismo back in 2000 or Gran Torino back in 2007 yeah I was gonna say uh yeah I think that's probably what people would say is his best um, no I think his best people would say is Million Dollar Baby oh uh, I forgot he did that uh I, I don't know yeah you're, you're probably right I think I still like Torino better but I personally do too but Million Dollar Baby is a great film yeah it is it is okay but yeah, all right. Let's say cool. uh, I would, I would, de- I would still put it, uh, put it as a pretty good movie though. So, is there anything all else right. we want to discuss, or do we want to just dive directly into Star Wars? Um, let's just let's get into it because I don't have anything else. We're sure as shit not going to talk about cats again. Nope. And uh, all right. So let's just let's thoughts on let's the upcoming Star Wars film. 
so I thought maybe since we do talk about like movies that were already out, uh, maybe we'll take we'll take a little bit here to kind of just give our our thoughts on the whole uh, the genre as it is, and then we'll end with the uh, with the trailer. I think not the genre, the the saga. Perfect. That, uh, that works. Do we want to include the Star Wars stories of Rogue One and Solo in this discussion? Oh yeah, for sure. Like everything, everything Star Wars, excluding like George Lucas's weird Ewok movies, or like been a TV oh, miniseries, or like the uh, the. Have you seen the Mandalorian? No, not yet. I haven't. Wait either. until there's more episodes. I haven't either. So uh, let's. It's not a big deal. We don't have to focus on that. Are we going to discuss? You're, you're insane, Disney. If you think that I'm going to watch like four thirty-minute episodes and then wait like some kind of peasant in the early two thousands, another however the fuck long until you make a new one uh, get out of here i'm gonna binge that shit um uh what about the uh holiday special what holiday special? the tv christmas special from the 80s from for star wars yeah uh, did you not know that that existed I didn't. Uh, it's basically <laughs> like cursed footage that was universally hated like, I think more universally hated than Attack of the Clones or uh, Phantom Menace. Jesus. All right, yeah, we'll just fuck that thing. Kick it kick it off the list, too. I don't, I don't even know where to start with that. I am going to look into it after this. Uh, we will focus um, on the feature films, then. So you, yeah, you can, get, you can you go wanna, right ahead. Well, I mean, we'll start, we'll start early. Uh, do you want to give your batshit opinion? Oh, on the Star which, Wars franchise? which which batshit opinion? The one that where Star Wars is the most overrated film franchise in cinematic history? No, not that one. Which I mean, eh, you might be onto something there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought you are a fan of the prequels more than like the middle trilogy. What? No. Wait. What? Is that not you? Okay, I, was, I thought that was what your crazy opinion was. I, someone I know. Likes the prequels better than like the middle. Three. Like episode one, episode two, and episode three. Yeah. Episode two is the worst. <laughs> episode oh, one is the second worst. And episode three is good. It's fine. See, I. I don't know. I might put episode one over episode three. I just hate three. Padme dies because she's sad. It's bullshit and dumb, and it sucks. And it, it's. I thought she died during just, childbirth. Nah, she was fine. Or it's like she like, she died shortly after childbirth because she was sad. She lost the will to live. Is that is how like that happened? Are you sure that that's how that happened? I haven't. Like I'd have to rewatch it, which I can because I'm I still sure have. Pretty sure both the babies, are like they they're out. They're done. She rounded those kids out, and then the like nurse bot is like, she's lost the will to live. Because, like, Anakin was mean. I mean, I suppose that's one way of saying it, but, like, it implies that there were complications with the childbirth. I mean, I guess. Also, that's going to be the thing that puts... Physically choked her. That's going to be the thing that puts it over... Un, uh, that's the thing that's going to have you launch Jar Jar Binks' premiere over this movie that has General Grievous. <laughs> okay. Granted, the Jar Jar Binks is—I can't argue that one away. That you got me. I concede Binks, but I think that, well, the parts of Star Wars, the Phantom Menace, that weren't like all politics, and even those parts weren't terrible, but the parts that they had that were good, 
Like, it's mostly Liam Neeson and Darth Maul, and that's why I like it so much. That's the only reason why it's I put it above episode two. Yeah, that's... Well, just nothing... Episode two is kind of a big pile of garbage. Episode two is quite easily the worst, and I will fight anyone who says that anything different. Uh, alright, I would say it's better than The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is bad, but one-third of the movie is very good. And that's the part with Kylo Ren and, uh, and Rey and Luke... Up until the part where they kill off Snoke, just out of nowhere, it's very good. And then even then, there's still potential for it to be good until they end up turning on each other. What could have been easily the most interesting storyline is if they decided yeah. to join forces. That w- Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree, and I think we should get to that in a second. Um, well, I don't know. Let's, let's, just, let's just go stream of consciousness here. Yeah. And... I totally agree with that, and that's why I really liked um, The Force Awakens when it came out, because I was like, okay, they're clearly... Like, they wouldn't just sell us A New Hope again without making some extreme, like, divergences from the really clear parallel that they set up. I, I disagree. I think that that's exactly what they were doing. They were playing super hard on nostalgia, and frankly, if... If it was not a clear ripoff of A New Hope, I would have it much higher ranked as an in, as a standalone film. But because it's so clearly that, that's why I have a problem with. It. Oh yeah, no, and I mean like this is when when it first came out, I was like, okay, so they got to do something different. And like you said, if they would have joined forces there. Uh, or I don't know, like have Finn be like find out he's a Jedi and turn bad, or just literally anything would have been more interesting than what they did, which was essentially nothing. Can we talk that about movie, Finn for you a can second? Just oh, so, sorry. Get away! No, I mean you can just you can just th- throw that movie out and just skip it. I think in in the long term. Well, the, um, if I, if I can talk but, about Finn for a second. Everything on the casino planet was such a gigantic waste of everyone's fucking time. It was unbelievable. It did nothing. It accomplished nothing. It was worthless. And then, finally, for the first time in two full cinematic experiences, am I about to give the slightest shit about Finn as a character when he's about to sacrifice himself to save the rest of them by driving his, uh, his sort of racer bike into the, uh, the laser machine. Yeah, like and the new Rose, yeah, or no, yeah. this worthless yeah, yeah, character, yeah. comes from the <laughs> fucking top rope and slams directly into him. Miraculously, neither of them dies, which, frankly... Finn probably should have still died as a result of th- that crash. And her plan was, we can't do it that way because reasons, I guess. So <laughs> she risks nearly killing both of them so that they can almost certainly be killed in the next 30 minutes by the remaining First Order troops. Because she didn't want Finn to sacrifice himself in saving everyone else's lives. It makes zero logical sense. But guess what? We get to look forward to Rose being a fucking general in this upcoming film. 
Wait, did she not die? I thought she died. Nope, she's a uh, she's like uh, a, a high military the officer. Worst. The only character who was worse than her was pink-haired general lady. She sucked, and she cost us that stupid hour and a half of the movie. She, she easily could have just, like, just hey, oh, here's the plan. Yeah, she could have just shared the fucking plan. Yeah, and also, I I feel like like, like this comes back to kind of the the Rose saving Finn to let him die like later writing like i feel like the writers just had no idea what they wanted to do with this movie mm. and that's why it's like all over the place they clearly like, did shit not like that happens they just introduce things to to take them away and be like that was a big deal and any audience member was like no i barely knew who that was i didn't give a shit like if i don't give a sh that much of a shit about finn after he was did all that crap in the first movie I'm sure shit not going to care about this lady who's just been horrible, like, just extremely unlikable because she has, like, some quote-unquote saving grace moment where she saves everybody when in reality she could have just told everybody the plan all along and then just committed a war crime. Yeah. Oh, wait. When did she commit the war crime? You're not allowed to just drive cruisers into each other. That's not a war crime, but that is a crime against humanity with how stupid... On in terms of movie logic it is. Because it basically says that at no point ever did anyone ever put forth the fucking forethought that maybe we can just destroy this Death Star by going hyperspeed through it. Maybe that would work. <laughs> yeah. Maybe instead of letting literal planets be destroyed, we can send a fucking droid to sacrifice himself by going ham and just hyperdriving through this Death Star. But no... That was never even considered because fucking reasons. Well, I am. I'm fairly certain because I, I live with a big Star Wars nerd and so is uh, our our buddy Pat. You know Pat. I do. Um, I still have his DVDs. I'm fairly, oh, yeah, you mentioned that earlier. But I'm, I'm fairly certain, and Kate will probably poke her head out here and correct me, but like using hyperdrive for like combat in the, at least the EU as it used to be before Disney rewrote it, um, was, like, an actual war crime. That's why no one did it. That's why it wasn't, like... I don't know why a bunch of rebels wouldn't just do it to blow up a Death Star still. That's a good point, but I, don't, yeah, I think that's, it's like, a, a war big crime no. to use the fucking... to use warp drive as to launch it as a missile. But God forbid you do it to stop a literal planet-destroying <laughs> planet laser destroyer, weapon. Yeah, yeah the... I just I that that movie was also the only movie I can remember in my adult life that I saw in a theater and was also bored. Like nothing happens. It was so boring. And granted, okay, I take that back. The stuff with Luke and Ray, I like that. And like you said, like Kylo's kind of nonsense in like the first little bit. Mm -hmm. I could I could fuck with that. But the rest was just like literally watching like cruisers fly through space, a weird casino heist, and then I don't know. I I even I I was really into the last battle until Mark Hamill did like the brush the dirt off your shoulder thing, and I was just like, oh, that is so awkward. I don't like this. Like, yeah. I, it was just it was they just took a poop and they threw it up on a screen, and that's that's what that movie was. Well, also killing off Snoke. Like why they tried to make that into a big deal, and well, that... here's another problem I have with just how it happened. I'm sorry, I'll let you speak in one second. 
But when, like, Kylo's, like, he's gonna kill Snoke because he's, like, levitating the, uh, or, like, the lightsaber. And Snoke's just like, yes, turn the blade towards your true enemy. You're telling me that motherfucker is like a master of the force, like dark-ass Sith Lord, and he can't determine which way that blade's pointed? Fuck that. I, I, I quit after that moment. Yeah, also, I agree with you on that point, that he clearly should have been aware of what the fuck was going on, and also this, just the clear, just blatant, in-your-face foreshadowing of what was about to happen was painful. Yeah. But on like I would have excused that had they just gone with the Ray uh Kylo Ren and Ray are now like on the same team. But instead what they decided yeah. to do was just be like, "Hey, you know that enemy that we introduced is actually being the big bad guy?" Yeah, he was on screen for like a cumulative 5 minutes. Uh if that. And was then murdered and there's and yet you should still feel like something Cool was done because reasons. Yeah, and because yeah, they just wipe it all away. Because then, like, I get, I, I am interested in this next movie to see what they do with Kylo Ren, like his like new mantra of like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, let's rule and figure this out. Like, it doesn't <laughs> have to be the Kylo Empire. Ren. It doesn't have to be whatever. Yeah. But him just being like, none of this is all bullshit. Like, me and you, we should team up. And if Ray would have been like, yeah, sure, let's figure this out. And the next goddamn movie could have been, like, them sitting at a coffee table being like, well, how do we run an empire? And I would have been more on board than the, the bullshit that, where they're just like, she's just like, no. And then they erase everything that just happened in that movie and they're enemies again. Like, it, it's... I, I, I don't know. I don't like... I don't like anything that was done in The Last Jedi. Yeah, and if you actually look at interviews with a lot of the actors uh, that have come out recently about how J.J. Abrams is back in charge, they didn't really like it either. Uh, My favorite theory is that Rian Johnson actually did that as an indie film darling to kill the last remaining blockbuster uh, property out there to... (laughs) To prove what real art is, <laughs> like as a fucking sleeper, a sleeper so, which frankly would make more I sense. Would, I would buy that. Oh my god, yeah, it it would make more sense than anyone looking at that script, watching that movie, like watching the cuts of that movie and being like, "This is big, guys." It's it. I I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna subscribe. I subscribe to that theory, Ian. There, like, there are people. The strangest thing to me is that there are people who come out and actually love the Last Jedi, and I just don't, don't get it. Like, you have to be the most hardcore Star Wars fanboy to just look at that and be like, yeah, no, that's a good movie. There, yeah, there are people who I was gonna say say this earlier, be like, because it treats the audience like they're stupid so many times throughout the movie, like with the killing Snoke. With the uh, general introduction and then death and like they're like that matters. They just kill off Admiral Akbar. Fuck that. I forgot about that. Oh wait, and we like, we forgot to mention fucking Leia. They had a perfect uh, way to get rid of Leia with Carrie Fisher <laughs> having died off. Do you have any? That would have been perfect. We would have been fine with it. Now, not only do we have Leia who has been out in the recesses of space for a legitimate like minute or two 
is just yeah, like she married Poppins her way back is in. Is unconscious and but is still able to fucking force pull herself all the way back to the uh, all the way back to the ship. Are you fucking kidding me with this <laughs> bullshit? I the, when Carrie Fisher died, Disney had to be like, hell yeah, now she can be in all the movies and we don't have to pay her anything. Because they own the Leia property, and that's different than your real property, or your real person. So that's, it's, it's just fucking stupid. That's why Mark Hamill, I guess, he's in this next one. I don't know if it's just his voice, maybe he's a force ghost, who knows. But, yeah, the Leia thing was dumb. And what I was going to say is, because like, there's so many instances where it treats the audience like they're stupid... But then watching how avidly some Star Wars fans defend this movie, I think they may have been right. Because it, it's just, it is insane to me that people are still like, Ryan Johnson knew what he was doing, he made big risks, he got high reward. I was like, no, nothing, nothing happens. I'm more than willing to admit, Ryan Johnson did take big risks. Okay. They just didn't, he, he they just took, didn't the, pay off. None of them paid the off. The risk was making a shit movie. I don't know what risks... There there was nothing... Because nothing substantial happened. You can't have a risk that wasn't... That, that didn't amount to anything. You know what was a risk? Making Rose a central character. You know what... Okay. <laughs> Just all of his ideas for the movie were risks. And I think that's... That, that might be my, my whole spiel well, on that movie. We, we vented thoroughly on The Last Jedi <laughs> and all of its flaws. Um, so what... I don't know. What would, it's gotta be... What would we like to say about the uh, the other movies leading up to this? So, uh, I mean, we touched on this. I, I liked uh, The Force Awakens. I was okay. I'm less okay with the parallels now that it was just a rebranded New Hope. Than I am, than I was before I saw the Last Jedi, because I like I like I said I hope they were I, I really hope that they were setting those up to do something meaningfully different, and maybe we'll Jokes. get that in the third one. Yeah, but it, it sure as shit did not happen yet. Uh, that being said, I I liked it a lot. I mean, it had pretty much everything I wanted from a Star Wars movie as far as like effects, like that lightsaber battle where they're in the forest and they're literally like cutting down trees. That was like my my inner child needed that. It was a solid. It was just cool to see, and then they combined it really well with practical effects too. So I I don't know. I I, re, I did really like that one at the time. I still think it's a solid movie. Um, just a little disappointed in how it's just a new hope again. And uh, I really wish they would have done more with like Kylo Ren killing uh, Han Solo, because it it I I. Originally, really wanted to see like, and I think we'll probably get that in this movie, like his redemption or like or Kylo Ren's redemption, and I I thought that something would come out of killing Han. Like there was a lot of like nuances to that scene that people picked apart, and then in the end, it just well, I mean, they just have nothing's come of it yet, I guess. Yep. Yep. Force Awakens, like, my biggest concern with Force Awakens is all it was was a nostalgia play. And it, if, like I said before, if it were its own standalone movie, it'd be fine, it'd be, it'd be good. It would be a straight up good movie. But that's not what it is. And so it's, yeah. it's just pulling, the entire plot 
is basically a new hope. The characters are just slightly different. They introduce Finn as someone... I, I don't know why we're supposed to care about him. That's basically the only difference is that Finn is now a main character. And I don't know why I'm supposed to actually care about him as a character. Um... I don't know. I liked his, like, origin. I thought, like, a defective Stormtrooper was a, a cool take on, like, a character. It is a cool take and... on a character, and they have done absolutely fucking nothing with it. Yeah, so that's the biggest problem. And then, because they, they give him that, and then as soon as they get to whatever, I forget whatever desert planet it is this time, he's just, like, kind of there for the rest of the movie, tries to fight with a lightsaber and gets like his spine zapped. Can we also talk about how it doesn't make sense that there's a black stormtrooper when they're all supposed aren't they all supposed to be clones of what's his face or is that only the clones? So, I think the clones get phased out at some point. Like the like the actual stormtroopers weren't all clones either. Okay. The See, I the clones I am get not, phased out at I'm some not point. a big enough Star Wars person to know these sorts of details. Yeah, I I'm like 80% sure about that, and like I said, that I don't know if that's... It has to be canon in Disney now, but I think at some point, yeah, the clones get replaced, because, like, there's all kinds of... Well, I think they're mostly humans, because, like, the stormtroopers are, like, the Nazis of space, yep. and they hate all weird, non-human aliens. Uh, um, have I... Yeah, they, they get... Have I told you about the, like, series of articles that suggest that the uh, the Jedi are actually a radical terrorist organization... And that the Empire are the good guys. Yeah, I, I think so. Or like, or maybe Pat has. We're going to mention him for a third time in this episode. We should tell him to listen. Um, and I could get on board with that if they weren't literally blowing up planets for no reason. Hold on. If I may. <laughs> one, I would right. like to redirect you to the, to the article that I think was published in the Washington Post. Titled, The Destruction of Alderaan Was Completely Justified. <laughs> do you remember the reasoning i believe it was something along the lines of uh being that the uh the planet of aldron was clearly harboring terrorist forces that uh could bring down the entire empire that has brought order to the galaxy and has uh also it is also worth noting that the Jedi treat the droids as slaves, and that the uh, therefore they lack the moral high ground. And so, as as people who are like uh, are clearly committing atrocities on a moral level, the moral compunction to uh, to sort of protect them. While they're harboring terror, known terrorists, uh, sort of goes out the window. I don't remember. It's been like a couple of years since uh, I was read this, it. Was this written right around the time Obama was drone striking everybody? I <laughs> don't remember. Seems... I think it was more in line with like the Bush presidency. Okay. I, well, would, I, I don't know. I, was just... I would definitely suggest reading it because it's quite amusing. And then, like, there were two actual uh, articles written, and then a uh, an internet troll by the name of Comfortably Smug wrote out a a series of blog posts titled 
the radicalization of of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I mean, he is like convinced by an old guy to join a religious organization that is going to blow up a thing. So exactly, he's told it's a suicide mission, sense. but he's doing it for the just cause. <laughs> I mean, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. That's true. I mean, in this, the CIS or the CSI, the CIA, I think it's the CIS, the Confederacy of Independent Systems, in the prequels, they're the good guys, if you look at it this way. Well, also, what happens to all the robots? you tell me Emperor Palpatine just takes over as like a Sith Lord, and then he's just like, fuck these robots, these millions and millions of robots I have. Well, that's I'd rather the, use these stormtroopers. Well, that's the question is, that's sort of the the idea amongst them is that no longer are the droids being enslaved and forced to fight for them. And so therefore they're free to do as they will. And so because they're no longer being enlisted uh, or being required to participate in war, uh, that's why they have to go and find stormtroopers, actual uh, like hu- uh, human or, I guess, uh, living beings as opposed to the sentient droids. I suppose. It's still, there's just a bunch of battle droids that are unaccounted for. Maybe that's something that exists out there, too. I think going back to the destruction of Alderaan and the Empire being justified, we should talk a little bit about the OG saga, because I don't think we've touched on that a whole lot yet, and then let's get into uh, Rise of Skywalker yep. predictions. Uh, what what would you like to discuss in the original trilogy? So... To your comment about it being very overrated, like the Star Wars saga in general, yes, I I think that's fair. I think it just was. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is exactly what it was. It was just so different for the time. It was a. It, it really captured. I mean, what was it like eighty seven? Seventy seven, I believe. Seventy seven. Jesus, I was a decade off. But yeah, so it, it just it was so unique and original, and even watching. A New Hope especially. Just the scenes where they're on alien planets, like when they go to Tatooine, and the little scenes, like uh, obviously the, the cantina's a bigger scene, but the little scenes in between the main action where they're just dealing with environments or alien species just feel so authentic. And I, even watching them to this day, I just, I, I love it. The, I mean, the effects don't hold up great, but a lot of, luckily a lot of them are practical effects, so I... I I think that's why it, it captivated the audience, such a large audience, in the way it did, is just because it was so new and and creative and authentic. And then the second one really doubled down, added a lot of plot to it, a little bit of plot to it. You can say what you want about Return of the Jedi; that may be kind of blue, but the first two, at least, I think. I, I agree with you. I think they're overrated. A lot of it's nostalgia these days, especially with the, this new saga. We didn't really need this or the new trilogy. But I, I think there is a reason that it got so big. Oh, let me let me point out that... Because we never actually got into that take because you realized that it wasn't as crazy as the one you thought I had. Um, <laughs> yeah. The reason I say that is not because the first two movies aren't good. The first two movies are legitimately great movies. I prefer the original Star Wars over Empire Strikes Back, but I'm more than willing to accept what someone says Empire Strikes Back is better. Um, 
But the problem is, those are the only two legitimately great movies in the series. Now, there are a few that are good. Like, I personally really liked uh, Rogue One and Solo. Oh, yeah, we need to talk about those. I think those two are, are probably third and fourth on the list. That's that's what I have them as. I have Rogue One as third and Solo as fourth. Then I have Return of the Jedi. Then I have uh, Revenge of the Sith. Then I have Force Awakens. Then I have Last Jedi, then I have Phantom, Phantom Menace, and then I have Attack of the Clones. Okay, I mean, that's a fair list. I disagree a little bit, but we don't need to argue about that placement again. Yeah, so, but, I mean, let, let me just go through this. Like, we already talked about the problems with Last Jedi, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. You've already pointed out how much you hate Revenge of the Sith. Force Awakens is just a rehash of the original, a better movie. Um, Return of the Jedi is the only one that I can hear someone coming in and trying to make a case in favor of that. But even then, it's very clearly the worst of the original trilogy. And then, oh yeah, by far. And then Solo, a Star Wars story, that one is very much, like, also very heavy nostalgia. I really enjoyed it, but it was still super heavy on nostalgia. So I'm not, like, it was not great. It was just good. And then Rogue One, I guess, is sort of borderline. I still would just put it as good. But only having two great movies and then maybe four, uh, like, and then like four or five that are meh, sort of average, maybe a little above average. And then having another three that are just bad is not a good track record for a saga like this. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you, and I think as demonstrated by the like the fact that people defend the Last Jedi, or at least some people defend the Last Jedi, I think that kind of speaks to why the other movies were so popular, even though they're not good movies. Like the Star Wars, it's kind of like I don't want to compare it with something too similar, but like Star Trek has such a giant fan base because it's just expansive. And you can get a lot of it. And I think Star Wars is the same way. Because you have the movies, the games, the books. People like it, and they like it because you can... They, you never run out, really. I would be hard-pressed to find someone who's done all the Star Wars stuff. And if so, I never want to meet that person. That's a terrifying person. I cannot wait for this, like, ni- this the Skywalker saga to end. Because I think that there is so much potential in everything else that they have. Like, you could do a series on the Knights of the Old Republic. That could be interesting. What they're doing with the Mandalorian, that can be super interesting. There are just so many yeah. different things that they can do that instead of just dragging out the corpses, in some cases literally, of old, act- <laughs> of old actors to try and pump as much of that nostalgia cash out of the older fan base... Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I I really liked I, what they did with like the a Star Wars story, like Rogue One and uh, yeah. Solo. And I was disappointed when they canceled Solo because no, or they canceled like the the standalones after Solo because it didn't do very well in the box offices because people were still pissed about the Last Jedi. Like that's why I didn't see it. And then it turned out to be it's probably one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I think it's probably third on my list. Um, and, but I absolutely agree with you. Uh, there's so much more, and they actually have another trilogy planned, uh, but I think I think it is going to go into Old Republic stuff, or at least it takes place 
far away from the Skywalkers, because God knows we've had enough of them. That being said, so we got to talk about the rise of Skywalker, right? Yes. Last couple minutes, uh, well, we'll go on for however long we go on. This is the Star this Wars, is the Star Wars episode. episode. So the rise of Skywalker, just the title, I, I is very interesting to me because the only sort of Skywalker left is Kylo Ren. And I watched both trailers for the movie, and I gotta say, it kind of the the trailers got my hopes up more than I might actually go see this. Kate wants to see it, so I'll probably end up going with her. But but the trailers got my hopes up in a way that I was not expecting after the last Jedi has just scarred me. Like it's just it's it, it's in my brain. It's it's bad memories. So I I am interested to see what they do with this. Um, I think finally we might get the the, the Kylo Ren Ray team up, especially because in one scene, uh, it's kind of I I watched this small clip from the trailer like probably thirty times. It's like half a second long, but it's it's cut edited to make it look like they were fighting and their like lightsabers smashed through the pedestal that he has with Darth Vader's helmet. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But if you look like in like the very fraction of a second after that. Neither of them really look like they're ready to go back into combat with each with each other. So it kind of looks like it's more of like a symbolic thing where they destroy like, because that, that's still Kylo's big thing is like trying to prove to Darth Vader that he's like worthy of his ancestry or whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like it's more of like a symbolic thing where they're both destroying that and getting like getting rid of that idealism. And I could be wrong, but. I mean that, that's at least what it looked like, and that was the only that was the only snippet from the trailer that really caught my attention. I mean everything else looked pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, so the horses didn't stand out to you. I for like that <laughs> that scene I, I guess happens right at the time where like they're going over with like the voiceover. It might be the voiceover. It might be like the the story ends or whatever, like where the, t- the text comes up and then that shows up and that whole part, I was just like, ugh. Okay, <laughs> so... Is, Did you like the horses? No, no, I thought it was really okay. dumb and didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Why are you riding horses in this <clears throat> space battle? Yeah, no, the, that is exactly my concern because why, in God's name, would you bring a fucking horse to a spaceship <laughs> fight um, that's like cowboys versus aliens in this bitch. Uh, I forgot about that movie. That's a movie that exists, everybody. That's fun. Um, <laughs> this, I'm, I'm very torn on this movie because there's so much potential here. There's a lot that can be done with the Ray and Kylo Ren story that would be very compelling. Yeah. The Poe Dameron, Finn, Rose story... I could give less of a shit about any other I story arc. I just want to see how these two... I legitimately would be impressed if they could get me to even slightly care about that uh, any of them, just as characters. I think... Did R2-D2 end up uh, actually doing anything in this last movie? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think so. I think he like woke up. Or no, in the last movie? I don't think so. I could be wrong. He woke up in the first one and then... That was it. Yeah, nothing. I think doesn't Luke still have him? I oh, know he left. I don't fucking. Yeah, know. I. It's fine. Um, I just. 
they're going to be battling with the First Order, which I assume is now solely led by Kylo Ren. Um, Rey's just fucking off doing whatever, I guess. Um, I, I just don't know which direction this is going to go, but with J.J. Abrams at the helm, and the fact that the Emperor is coming back uh, as a part of this film, and it's called The Rise of Skywalker, I'm so worried that he's just going to pull some bullshit about... Uh, that's just mooch it, like just stealing ideas from the original trilogy again uh, about how we're going uh, about how he's going to end it to play off the nostalgia and finish the story that he wanted to tell in some way he's obviously sort of been put behind the eight ball also because he has to undo a lot of the damage that Rian Johnson did uh, yeah. and you can tell that that's what he's doing because in the very first trailer he has Kylo Ren putting back together the helmet that he destroyed, like, ten minutes into Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And, yeah, that, I'm not sure if I'm excited about that or if I'm concerned about it. I'm very, like I said, I'm very torn on this. Because that was, in, that was an interesting thing to happen as sort of character development. Because Kylo Ren had basically sort of moved out of the shadow of being Darth Vader and was now, like, doing his own thing, was sort of the idea that him destroying the helmet was. Yeah, and, that that's, and then they... That's why he didn't listen to Snoke in the end, was because he was going to think for himself and do what he thought was best. Whereas now it raises the question, is he basically just going to be a, a Darth Vader stand-in again? Yeah, which I, I really hope that's not the case. And I guess my hopes for this movie, like, essentially, I'm exactly where I was before I saw The Last Jedi, as far as my hopes for this movie, which is kind of a disappointing thing to think about. But you bringing up the putting his helmet back together, maybe he just likes it, maybe it's a cool helmet, but maybe it is symbolism, and if that's, like, if he's just going to be a Vader stand-in, and then at the very end, like, Ray's going to get through to him, and then they're going to kill Palpatine again... I'll, I will. I will. That I would be. Do, that but. would be the worst way to end that storyline. And like I said, that's the that storyline is the only thing that is I'm holding out hope for. I think that J.J. Abrams has enough skill to be able to put together a decent ending. Uh, I won't expect it to be a great movie, but I think it does have the potential to be a good movie. But it's also yeah. two and a half hours long, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I, I... Like I said, the trailer's maybe a little optimistic, but there are parts of it I really don't like. I, I don't like bringing Palpatine back. Like, I kind of... Nope. I get it. They need something there now, because, like, the big, big bad, bad guy Snoke, yep. who, who was totally bad. We're sure of that. I know he was bad for sure, because... He was deformed. Because he was... He never fucking did anything. Yeah, he was mean to Kylo Ren a few times and then asked Kylo Ren to kill this woman that just broke into his ship and was trying to kill him, if I remember correctly. Or what was, yeah. what was she doing that she ended up in front of Snoke? Dude, I have no idea. I think, like, he... They were, like, talking through their thoughts and he was like... I have answers or something about like who you are. Yeah. Cause she, I don't know. It was something dumb. It wasn't. It wasn't a great plot device that got her there. But they needed to have 
the only solid action scene of the movie with them fighting all the red guys, which, why don't you just make Stormtrooper armor, or literally all armor, out of whatever the hell those weapons are made out of? Just, like, line it, like, coat it, like, like, like football pads, or, like, cross-weave it. Make chainmail out of that shit. Yep. That's just some thoughts I'm having. But, yeah, I don't like that they're bringing Palpatine back, but, like, I get it. I was really pissed during the first teaser when you, like, hear his laugh at the end, and I was, like, I just, I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, they're really just, like, giving up and trying to cash in. And that still could be the case. Who knows? That is my big concern, but I'm still holding out hope. All right, well, that might be all the Star Wars talk I have for right now. I bet I could probably yell about more things about The Last Jedi if I really thought, but we, we, don't, we don't need that. Oh, wait, okay, hold on. Luke, who was like, he's been through the whole original saga, or trilogy at this point. And then, at the end of it, the dude who's literally supposed to be Space Hitler, a.k.a. Vader, Luke's like, no, man, I can save him. I can redeem his soul. And then, I guess maybe age is experience, but, like, Kylo Ren is, like, angry one time, and he's like, well, I gotta go murder my nephew in his sleep? What the fuck is that? Yeah, that one, that, that was a bit off. I didn't quite under, I think maybe he was trying to prevent something from happening, or he also hadn't actually made the decision, I don't think. But his willingness... He had... His open... He had his lightsaber drawn. Yeah, no. His willingness to do that so quickly didn't make much sense. <clears throat> and I realized it was basically meant to give sort of a, a secondary look at Kylo Ren. Which, once again, every part of the movie was building up to Kylo Ren joining forces with Rey. And I am so pissed that that didn't happen. Everything yeah. was pointing in that direction. It would have been such a well... Like, I would have I would have forgiven everything else about the movie. Like, I wouldn't have put it, like, as highly as the original trilogy, but I wouldn't have called it a garbage movie had they done that. Because that would have been the most interesting they, they've done since the original trilogy. No, yeah, I agree. It wouldn't have saved a very... Like, I think that more movie was just boring. There was too much of it. But... If they would have done that, I would have I would have been a little more lenient with it. Instead of yes. all the nonsense that they did. <laughs> Alright, that is actually all I have to say about Star Wars. You got anything else? Uh, mm, about Star Wars, no. But I will provide a recommendation again. This week, uh, I'm going to recommend Elf. It's a quality Christmas movie. It's, it's that time it of the year. It's a solid Christmas movie. It's one of the best. I'm, one of my favorites. Yeah. It is that time. I forgot we were doing Christmas movie recommendations. I do not have one. So that's... If we want to jump back to Spooky Corner, I just wa recently watched uh, It Comes at Night. I've heard good it things. It Comes at Nighttime. Uh, it was okay. It was fine. I mean, very, very like slow burn tension movie. I really wouldn't call it a horror movie. Um, but that's what it's billed as or like credited as or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but no, I mean, it was, it was, it was okay, but you gotta be into watching a movie that's like, kind of, it just like makes you uncomfortable the whole time. Not like necessarily like... Sort of like listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's gonna be my Christmas time recommendation coming from, uh, that was for actually the Friday the 13th was in December and I did watch it that day or maybe the day after. So it's sort of relevant. 
proud of and you? And final recommendation, uh, don't go see Cats, because that's terrible. It's horrifying. I might fall on that sword because I care about the people. You. The people. <laughs> Alright, well give us the, uh, I guess the easy, it's pretty easy, your job's easy today, let's hear the rundown. Uh, Richard Jewell is ready for the red carpet. And I will give a very cautious and tepid, ready for the red carpet, to Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It's balls in your court, J.J. Abrams. Can you can you fix the can you fix the shit, or are you just gonna add more to the pile? That's a, a saying, right? Uh, are you gonna? I suppose you could say, are you gonna polish this turd, or are you just gonna add more to the pile? There it is. Let's coin that. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, uh, listener. There might be two. I haven't checked the analytics in a while, and we also didn't put episode 12 up. But hey, one day. Maybe I'll, I'll put it up this week because it talks about cats. Everything's everything's in order. Uh, <laughs> this is That was Ian Collins. I'm Connor Rock. Um, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at rcttpodcast. Yes, that's right. And then, Ian, talk about your things, because I can never remember. Yeah, no, my plugs. I also uh, have a an episode of my new, uh, my new podcast, Stereotopical, in the can. That's just a deep dive into different, uh, po- potentially political, but also just more interesting topics. Uh, the first episode was on healthcare, and I will be having it posted... Uh, sometime this week and i believe that the next episode we are looking at discussing the current state of the state of west virginia so that's something to look forward to and then my other uh podcast that is actively going and can be found on spotify is fade the public with my friend ryan morrison and we pick football games every week and discuss the week in sports news we have a dumpster fire of the week and a boomer of the week, and this week we'll actually be doing a special bowl uh, bowling edition where we discuss all of the different bowl games for college football and pick them all against the spread. Are you going to do that in a bowling alley? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do it in a bowling alley. Well... That's a wasted opportunity, but I, I guess what do I know? I we don't have that sort of that, those sorts of production capabilities yet. <laughs> that's fair. We couldn't do this in a bowling alley. That's for damn sure. But we can we barely really do it anything. in the comforts of our own home. <laughs> There's no production value here, and that's the way it's gonna stay forever until this gets lost and eaten by the uh, the, the the internet abyss. It will get deleted, but its little particles will still be floating out there in the nether, just kind of like all of us one day. And boy, am I looking forward to that. All right, well, cool. Until next time. Until next time? Mm